Welcome back to Gateways, a podcast about the people, places, and possibilities of our regional cities. I'm Ben Foreman. So last week, Massachusetts lawmakers introduced an education funding bill known as the Student Opportunity Act. The bill would give districts with high percentage of low-income students and English language learners significantly more resources. Joining us on the line to talk about the impacts of this legislation on Gateway Cities is the chair of the Gateway Cities Legislative Caucus, Representative Antonio Cabral of New Bedford. Representative Cabral, thanks for joining us again on Gateways. Uh, You're welcome, Ben. Uh, It's uh, always uh, enjoyable being with you. I feel like we've talked about this issue together for years and years, Um, and I'm really eager to hear your take on on how this came together, how the voices of Gateway City leaders were heard, and and it seems like we got an outcome that's, that's very, very positive. Yeah, we've been talking about this for quite some time. Uh, it's been years, most likely. Uh, but I think what, what, what has happened over the last um, year or so, it's been really um, uh, an ability in the process in which everybody's got involved, both the Gateway City Caucus and both within the building and outside the building, of course, Mass Inc. and others, uh, and, uh, and, and some other groups outside of the building, uh, really putting pressure to make sure whatever we we were going to get from the, the education committee was going to be a bill that addresses the needs of those who need the most. And uh, we always said uh, gateway cities need to be treated uh, in a way that is going to create uh, equity. It's going to be an equalizer. It's going to finally give an opportunity for our kids to to be at a, uh, you know, a level playing field uh, with, uh, with everybody else in the state. And I think the bill really does that when it comes to Chapter 70. Uh, I mean, there are some tweaks uh, here and there uh, that most likely would be beneficial as well. But I think in terms of the funding of Chapter 70 uh, and the way the formula goes in the, and tackles the four or five recommendations from the commission, I think those are important. And we knew if the committee focused uh, heavily on those areas, such as uh, economic disadvantaged kids, English language learners, um, special education uh, and healthcare, obviously, and others, that we were going to really see a, a, a huge difference here in terms of the support from the state. It is a game changer, really, uh, when you look at it. If we, As we go through this process and we actually adopt and pass, pass the bill that reflects at least the recommendation, if not better, uh, I think we'll be in a very good, very good shape. Yeah. So we can talk in a minute a bit more about how that money gets to the communities and how they get the most out of it for students. Is is there much work left to do? Do you expect there are going to be a lot of amendments offered and chance to, to continue to shape it? Or do you think it's mostly a, a finished product at this point? Well, I, I think uh, you might see some amendments uh, in some areas of the bill. Uh, I would say that whole new section of so-called 21st century fund, I think there's that needs to be flushed out and exactly see what that means uh, and what does it mean for gateway cities in particular. Uh, or is that just a, a proposal to try to do things that otherwise they can't do unless they change legislation? You know, the, the statues. Uh, I, I mean, to a certain degree, uh, there is uh, seems to be a lot of flexibility and a lot of. I'm talking about for, to the, for the commission. There seems to be a lot of flexibility and a lot of power over to the commission to make uh, decisions. Uh, 
so I think we need to look at that very carefully to make sure it is a program to create incentives for schools to do better, to perform better, and not necessarily uh, a tool for for DESI and the commission, but they can try to implement things that uh, right now are not supportive uh, by the communities and, 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 and by other education um, activists. Aside from that innovation fund, are there any things that really stand out as priorities for the Gateway City legislators that they want to see, would like to see uh, improved as the as the bill makes its final way through the legislature? Yeah, well, the other issue is, of course, charter school funding. And um, uh, the, bill does, the bill doesn't quite um, uh, address the whole issue as we would like to see it addressed. But I think it what it does is I think it's a good first step. And a good first step, I might say. I don't want to make it that it's not important. Uh, the full reimbursement or the reimbursement process uh, to be fully funded at 100% to each community. And obviously, this affects mostly gateway cities and, and, and Boston in particular as well. But I'm more concerned how it would impact uh, gateway cities. Uh, I think that has, that's a piece that's very important. Right now, it looks like it's uh, sort of a three-year uh, phase in to get to the 100%. Could we do better than that? Uh, could we go beyond just the reimbursement piece and establish a funding formula that really makes a whole lot of sense for both the public schools and the charter schools as well? Uh, I think if we were, I know that they're trying to stay as close as possible to the Chapter 70 reform and not uh, venture too far out in other areas. But I think uh, charter school funding is such an integral part of Chapter 70 that I think it's important that we address that in, in a way that it does not continue to, uh, to hurt communities and to hurt those kids who, who, who attend the public schools. Because in the case of New Bedford, for example, you know, the, the New Bedford public schools... Uh, teaches uh, over 13,000 students, uh, and it's important that the needs of those students are, are met and are not hurt by, by the, the transfer or, or siphoning off of additional funds, if not necessary. So, so I, uh, the reimbursement piece now, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good first step. I think we should be able to have the resources to, to implement that. 2021, uh, rather than do a phase-in uh, period of three years, but we'll have to take another look, see uh, what kind of support there would be for that, because we have uh, a surplus right now in the state, and in, in trying to try to, I know there's been uh, folks trying to see how we can spend that surplus well. I have an idea. Let's fully fund uh, the charter school reimbursement formula to begin with, and I think that would be a great investment for gateway cities. Yeah. I mean, let's stay on that for one more minute, because it does seem strange to me that you could approve new seats when you're not currently fulfilling your obligation on the existing seats, especially in an environment where, like you said, you have a surplus. So there really isn't, you know, a, a good justification for departing with the policy. Is there any, has there been talk of creating some sort of lockbox so this, this wouldn't happen if you approve the seats, the, the funding is in place at that time to support the, well, the um, reimbursements? It hasn't been a lot of talk other than some of us from Gateway Cities 
uh, and I think there's a little noise made by uh, Boston as well. But I, I think that's an issue that we all should come together and 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 really try to uh, to make sure this is a bill addresses. You know, how many times or how many opportunities in the next uh, the next uh, 20 years we're going to have to really address uh, some of these outstanding issues. And the reimbursement formula, why wait three years to fully fund it? We, we should have, uh, uh, the promise was, or at least the pledge was, that we're going to fully fund the reimbursement uh, going back to 1993 and beyond, right? And, and we haven't been able to, we haven't either, we haven't been able or we have chose not to. Uh, I'm not quite sure which one it is. Uh, the legislature has not fully funded. So uh, I think uh, with a surplus that we have, and, and I think the projections for the next fiscal year are going to be fairly good. I, I mean, we don't have, we haven't had those hearings. We'll have those hearings of uh, revenue projections in, in December. But I think uh, all indications seems the economy is doing well and uh, the state continues to collect uh, much more funds or, or revenue at a greater pace than what had been projected in the past and probably will, might be projected again. Uh, and right now we have almost $700 million surplus uh, from the fiscal year that just ended in, in June 30th, I think. And I know the governor has a proposal on how to spend that money, and I'm sure the legislature will have its own proposal. Uh, I would say let's let's take... As part of that proposal, let's let's do a down payment for the already for the 2021 uh, school year, and let's um, fully fund the the charter school reimbursement formula. Yeah, yeah, no, that you raise a good point about the revenues because um, you know it's it's in a seven year period over which the the main chapter 70 funding is going to come in, into Gateway Cities, and a lot could happen over that period. Are you are you f- feeling pretty good about? the revenues being there to support this over the long term, or do you still think that maybe we, we've got to find a way to ensure that we can fulfill this promise with additional revenue somewhere? Well, it depends on the on the future projections and the, and the next projection for the next fiscal year once the, the Ways and Means, both the Joint Committee on Ways and Means uh, uh, go through this process in December and early January, we should have a better indication of what's happening out there in terms of potential revenue or additional revenue. Uh, we have taken steps uh, to move uh, revenue proposals forward, such as the, the millionaire's tax. Um, I think that's on its way to, to go through the process and hopefully we'll be on the ballot uh, so we can have uh, an ability to have at least some projections around additional revenue besides just relying on the just on the economy doing well every single time. I think we have to have some sustainability We, in order to bring it in over the next seven years. We got to have some people to predict what kind of revenue we're going to, we're going to receive in order to maintain uh, the pledge that the legislature is ready to do or the promise, depending which term you rather use. Uh, I think it's a pledge too that we're going to fund it and fully funded over the next seven years. And I think we need to make sure we have the revenue to do so because that's critical. It's critical. But I, I, I mean, I'm waiting for other folks to uh, chime in to kind of uh, analyze the bill, such as Mass Budget and, 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 other, and other organizations. I'm sure over the next week or two, we'll have 
you know, good analysis by outside groups and the legislature itself as we move through the process. And I think that's important. It's important that whatever happens, whatever the proposal is on the table, that we have some good numbers, some good analysis, uh, both in terms of revenue and commitment to, to fund, to the funding, but also some of the language that is in the bill to make sure is one that is going to be beneficial to gateway cities and other communities, such as rural communities, for example, it's important that we uh, we make sure that the language is one in some of those sections that are kind of broad to really understand what what that means. You know. Yeah. No, and it's good that there are a couple of weeks to look at this this over, since it is such an important piece of legislation. You know, I, I know you have probably been hearing from your constituents that they're eager to have this additional money. Um, it was interesting to see how the business community in New Bedford really stepped up and helped push for these dollars. Uh, the, the law, it looks like, you know, asks communities to come up with a plan for how they're going to spend the money and report on how that money was invested and what it yielded. Is your sense that folks know right away where to put it and get good returns from it? Or do you think our, our gateway city communities need to think really carefully about how they get the most out of this additional money that's coming in. Well, I think we need to really be careful in making sure that we know how to best apply the additional funding, the additional resources that Gateway Cities are going to receive. Uh, I think it's something that we all should be following very closely. And uh, I do intend to meet with the superintendent in New Bedford and other leaders uh, uh, in other Gateway Cities uh, so we can ass- uh, be assured that... Uh, there is a plan in place. Uh, there is a way to how we're going to move forward with the additional funding. To me, this is about classroom instructions, about making sure that the money, the resources gets to the classroom uh, and it's not diverted by other other programs that really will not have the impact that the classroom uh, uh, will have. Uh, I think we all have to be uh, aware and alerted and making sure we follow this process closely and we work with the various um, uh, leaders uh, in the com- in the communities throughout the state to make sure it happens. I mean, this is quite an opportunity, I believe, once we get this to be signed by the governor. And um, it's an opportunity for all of us uh, to ensure that um, our kids get the same opportunity, uh, the same access uh, to, to shine and, and have... Um, you know, uh, the, their results be ones that will benefit them throughout their lives and also will benefit all of us in our communities because the better educated, the better opportunities our kids will have, the better off all of us will be. So that's an important component. I, I'd rather have the communities having a plan and uh, uh, rather than being told uh, what the plan should be by DESI. But I think it's important that there is some way of us measuring those, those, or measuring the progress. Well, you know, we're really hopeful and excited to see what comes of it. I think, you know, we've seen Gateway City leaders, when they have resources, they tend to be able to do a lot with them. And I think you're right. Uh, All our Commonwealth needs these students to be able to achieve at their fullest. And um, this, this gives them that platform. Is there anything, any other... Final thoughts you want to leave us with, Representative? No, I just want to tell you that this is a great, a great, uh, significant step for all of us. I think this can potentially be, if it's done uh, right and if it's implemented correctly, it can be a game changer for us in gateway in, the, in our gateway cities and 
and it will be a game changer for the state, I think, overall in terms of K through 12. Is there other things beyond education that we need to do? I think we do. I mean, there are other, other revenue sources that cities and towns receive from the state that I think need to be also seriously looked at and revised, uh, such, as the, such as the unrestricted local aid, which hasn't, that formula hasn't changed since the 70s. Uh, and today's realities are very different than from the 70s. So there are so many other areas that I think uh, if we will tackle them uh, in a timely fashion, uh, gateway cities and other communities will benefit a great deal as well. So I'm hoping that this is a signal uh, the legislature is willing and ready to to take on the big issues that impact our communities and resolve them. And some of those, yes, it's revenue sharing, what I call revenue sharing with our cities and towns. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And I, hopefully, like you say, now that this one's resolved, we can move on to some of the other things that uh, similarly need attention. Well, thank you again for taking time with us this morning. We know it's a busy time of year and really, really appreciate your, your thoughts and perspective. Uh, ben, thank you very much, and uh, and looking forward to working with you uh, on this issue and other issues that are important for Gateway Cities. I know uh, you've been, uh, Mass Inc. and the Gateway Cities Institute has been on, on the forefront of these discussions and doing a lot of research work that we need in order to, uh, to really um, advocate on behalf of the issues that we care about. So I want to thank you and and Mass Inc. and uh, Gateway Cities Institute very much for all the work that you guys do uh, every year and every day, really. Well, thank you, Representative. That's all the time we have for this episode of Gateways. I'm Ben Foreman. Today's show was produced by Libby Gormley. Music by Worcester's own The Curtis Mayflower. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>